This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. With the start of another Premier League season just around the corner, it's time to assess where City stand ahead of the new campaign. Will Erling Haaland continue his record-breaking goal scoring? Will Calvin Phillips ever get any minutes on the Will Calvin Phillips ever get any minutes on the pitch? Is Phil Foden destined for a profitable campaign? And will City make it four Premier League title wins on the trot? They're the questions we'll be looking to answer throughout today's show. So stick around as we preview City's 2023-2024 season. It's Tuesday the 8th of August. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Adam Booker. And I'm Lee Bardsley. And this is the City Report Podcast. here for good Well then, chaps, uh, a new season is amongst us. Our third as the podcast, our second full season. Because um, as an Adam, as you'll as him, Adam, as you'll remember, we started midway through the 2021-22 campaign. Obviously, we've done a few pre-season episodes already, but are you ready now for competitive action to begin? Do you think? Yeah, I think so. I got a little bit of a of a taste this weekend. I I only watched. Um, the 10 minutes in which Arsenal scored their equaliser at Wembley this past weekend because my phone service wasn't picking up the game anymore. So I only saw the deflected goal. And so my impression of football at this moment in time is of a, a very bitter one. So yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get going. Yeah, obviously starts on Friday for City. Luke, are you excited? Obviously your last game was in Istanbul, like like many others. Are you... Um... Are you quite ready f- for us to do it all over again? Hey, Spotifyers, click or tap the banner to listen to Rap Caviar, the freshest 50 hip-hop songs on the rawest playlist ever. 
brought to you by our friends at Stars and the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. Every child deserves a chance to live their best life and celebrate every moment. You can help St. Jude Children's Research Hospital give kids with cancer that chance. When you support St. Jude through your employee giving program, you can help make cures possible for kids with cancer. Together, we can save more lives. Help the kids of St. Jude today one paycheck at a time by making a payroll deduction gift through your employee giving program. Tap or click the banner now to learn more. Ah, really am. I think this season is going to be quite interesting because it's a bit about going into the unknown, really. I mean, we are going to dive into it, but... I mean, no one. If if you could have asked us at the start, I don't know, like say a month and a half ago, to predict how the sort of the transfer window would have gone so far, no one would have predicted how it has gone. No one at all. So it is going to be fun. I think that's the word I'm going to use to describe it so far. I'm excited to get back. I'm excited to get back in the south stand. Um, <laughs> get back drinking in Asahi on the concourse. It's going to be good times. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm excited for that to come as well. Um, before we get into things then, as always, a little bit of admin. If you haven't already, make sure you join in our Fantasy Premier League. The code is in the description of this podcast, wherever you're getting it, and on our social media as well. So jump into that. Make sure you leave in ratings and reviews as well. It really helps us grow the show ahead of another new season. So then... Um, in terms of what we're going to be speaking about today, we've got two previews coming before City's first game on Friday. One of them today will be City-focused later on in the week. We'll have a bit more fun. I'm not saying this won't be fun, but we'll release the shackles a little bit. <laughs> we've and got we'll do Adam and some... Luke on today, but no fun happening. <laughs> yeah, basically. You can get back in your boxes. Um, but what I meant by that was we'll be doing some sort of hot take predictions. This is going to be where you're going to get your hard-hitting analytical stuff, so please don't turn off. Um, however, let's start off then, Adam, with a look at City's squad, because the transfer window still has just under a month left to run September the 1st is the deadline what have you made of City's business so far obviously Gvardiol was confirmed over the weekend and Kovacic has been here for what seems like a lifetime he obviously played very well against Arsenal do you think City are in a good place to to call it quits or would you still like to see a couple more comings and goings before September 1st I think most fans and I would include us in that, would probably want to see a little bit more business. But Pep likes the small squad, as we all know. Um, and if he wants to keep the squad the same size that, as it was last year, then you know we're at the two-in, two-out kind of range again um, with Gundogan and, and Mares leaving and Kovacic and Gavardi all coming in. Um, I think this all depends really whether or not I want City to do more business. all depends really on the role that some of the youngsters uh, may have this upcoming season. If Cole Palmer and Oscar Bob and James McAtee are legitimate first teamers, going to be getting minutes, whether it's off the bench, in cup games, whatever it may be. But if they are legitimate first teamers, um, then the squad has gotten you know a little bit bigger by number, maybe mm. two or three bigger. Uh, Cole Palmer didn't play a very big role last season. When he did, he played out of position. Oscar Bob and James McAtee obviously weren't in the first team or even at City last season. So... Um, I think this squad is all right, given the fact that we've kind of become comfortable with the small squad. But if a winger comes in, if a central midfielder comes in and pushes Phil Foden out to the wing or Bernardo out to the wing permanently, I'm not going to complain. 
Yeah, I think, like you say, it'll be City now adopting a reactive approach as opposed to a proactive approach in terms of their business. Obviously, they went after Gavardiol, they got him. It looks like Laporte will then leave. But I think in terms of incomings, it will depend, we believe. Bernardo Silva is set to stay. However, three, four weeks is a long time in a transfer window. That could change somehow. Barcelona or PSG or whoever might find the money to to free him from his shackles, as he, it's, I'm sure It's he's worth feeling. mentioning that signing two Croatians is like signing four regular men as well so (laughs) (laughs) yeah true they are um, fine specimens of of human beings but Luke you know we we went into the summer basically it felt like full time in Istanbul there was all the news stories of literally every single city player it felt like it was being linked with moves away Um, but it hasn't really transpired to be the case has it just two in two out so far this season Cancelo's probably a likely man to leave uh, Laporte as well in terms of first team outgoings obviously quite a bit of money has been made from academy sales and do you feel like there's been enough change for you to keep that desire and that hunger to win going into this season or is it a little bit as you were a little bit uh, the status quo has been um, resumed since that since the last game of last season it's really weird because I came on the podcast the day after the final and I said I felt really sad in the stadium because that's the last time I'm ever going to see this treble winning side play together. <laughs> Turns out I was completely wrong and we're going to basically see a very similar squad just go again. Mm-hmm. Like, he's Pep's made me look a fool. He's, he's obviously listened to the City Football <laughs> podcast and thought, oh, look at Luke here crying his eyes out. Let's just make him just look absolutely stupid and go out and win another treble next year with the same squad. Like, fair enough. Um, but no, on a serious point, I feel like we have been a bit reserved, I want to say, is probably the way we've kind of been in the transfer market. Um, I can understand why it's how Pep likes to work. Um, obviously, Twitter would disagree, but then again, Twitter thinks Calvin Phillips should be sold, so who's going to listen to him? Um, but I'm really hoping that this year could be a breakthrough year for a few people. You're looking at the likes of McAtee, even Phillips, who I've mentioned. Imagine if by the end of the season he's come off for 35 games, he's played mm-hmm. across all competitions, playing unbelievable. Um, I feel like our squad is still very strong. We had a strongest squad last year. We haven't lost a lot in quality. And then we've also got a few players that are going to come in Raw, who knows what's going to happen? They could hit the ground running. Um, so hope on on the on the side. I'm quite calm about this season now. I feel like on reflection, we've not had a bad transfer window so far. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I, I was thinking through this before we jumped on, and and obviously. A lot of the talk has focused around right wing and, and when you when you come to think of it, obviously Phil Foden's still going to be here. Well, you hope Phil Foden's still going to be here. You assume Bernardo Silva's still going to be here and, and that's two bona fide starting right wingers. And I, I don't I feel like if, if the window finished tomorrow, Adam, I personally would be quite happy. You you always want to see your club sign players. Just that little sort of that little boy excitement at the bottom of your sort of FIFA career mode harking back to those days when you'd get by 30 players in a window but in terms of the makeup of City squad I can't really see any imbalances perhaps you're looking at the attack and going there's a little bit of a lack of creativity I know that was the case against Arsenal but with Erling Haaland he's going to score the majority of the chances so it doesn't it wasn't like two three years ago when you needed a a sort of an abundance of attackers I'm, I'm 
I'm quite confident. Not not confident in terms of City going to go and do it all again and win every trophy, but in terms of the makeup of the squad, I think if 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 the window finished tomorrow, I, I would be quite content. Famous last words, obviously. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair feeling to have, especially because City have signed so many players in the last few years that can play so many different roles. Um, you know, Rico Lewis, you could probably fit him into three or four different places. John Stones will play three or four different places in a single game, maybe in a single half. Um, you know, Yasko Gavardi all can come in and play in the middle of a defense. He can play out wide in a defense. Um, same with Nathan Ake, same with Manuel Akanji. Um, Bernardo Silva, Phil Foden, central midfield, right wing. Foden can play on the left. You know, the, there's so many Swiss Army Knife players in the team that, you know, if you see kind of one absence in one position, it's like, no, it's all right. Next, there's a next man up waiting to go there. And um, yeah, I think you you could feel pretty comfortable that other than maybe, I don't know, Erling Holland, there's very few places in the squad where there's not a like-for-like replacement. And I'm not saying like-for-like in ability, um, but, you know, on the right wing, Riyad Mahrez goes and, and Cole Palmer, he's obviously no Riyad Mahrez yet. But he's the kind of similar style. He can play a bit slow. He can be dynamic. He can, you know, he can take a man on. He can step inside and, and as we saw at Wembley, curl a, curl a shot in on, on his left foot. Um, so, yeah, I think the comfort probably comes from knowing that 80% of the players in the squad at this point can play a variety of roles. So it doesn't feel like there's any glaring holes because you can kind of pick and choose from any other place in the squad to fill the holes. I think a lot of the the problems some people might have, and this isn't to say that the the concerns being aired about the lack of creativity and attack won't come true further down the line, but I feel like a lot of the issues people might have is the fact that there isn't really a shiny new toy this season, obviously Gvardiol at the back, but it's not. It's it's harder to get excited about a new seventy pound million, a seventy million pound defender than it is a seventy million pound striker or attacker. Or, you know that that's just that's just how it is. And there's no sort of real new faces in that attack for people to get excited about. Whereas last season we had Erling Haaland, we had Julian Alvarez, of course, and a couple others as well. Um, but Luke, just finally on the squad itself and, and more to sort of start looking at City and how you expect them to perform. Obviously, nobody expects them to go back out and win the treble. That, that would be silly of us. But what do you want to see from Guardiola's team this year? Is it a continuation of where they left off last season in terms of sort of almost pure domination of these football matches. I think to Real Madrid, I think to Bayern Munich, I think to the Arsenal game where it was total football for, for quite a lot of time. Or do you sort of feel like maybe the competitiveness, and we'll speak about potential um, challenges a little bit later on, but do you think it's going to be a little bit tighter or do you reckon that four in a row is there for City and, and probably should be taken up by the team? Yeah, I, well, last year, uh, me and Ollie Kirsch had a discussion about this, about defence versus attack last year in the Premier League and kind of the big league. Um, I I think defence was on top last year for the majority of the season. Mm. Like, If you look at how many strikers scored 20 goals or 15 goals, it's not many of them. And if, and I did a, I, I don't know about other people, but I did a fantasy um, draft um, with 15 other people. Um, f- everyone's first choice... Um, kind of pick for a, for an attacker. I mean, there's probably what six, seven good ones, mm. and I'm like, it's mental. And yet, everybody's got such a stacked defense. I feel like we are going to look to control the middle of the park quite well. 
Um, there's a lot of star midfielders in the Premier League. If you go down the top six, everybody's got at least one star player in, in that midfield. And I feel like City are going to try and just control that middle of the park that we do really well. Um, if we're being honest about a system that Pep's going to play, I think we're going to adapt again. I can't see us playing the same system all year round again. No way. I feel like teams have had a year, well, probably half a year to a year now to kind of see what we do, understand what's happening and try and, I don't know, give us a good go. So mm. I could see us adapting a little bit throughout the season as well. But from the start, I could see us, John Stone's in midfield controlling the whole ball. Um, and then hopefully we can dominate possession as usual and get a few goals out of the way. I can't see us going out scoring six or seven goals in the first few games, so no way. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean, and, and you'll appreciate this, Luke, because I can finally make cricket references. But it's a little bit like the quote, batsmen win your games, bowlers win your tournaments with City's defence, isn't it? And you can have the flashy attackers, you can score the five goals, you can sort of have the, the best attack in the league. And maybe City do have that, but it is that defence which a, a, a real good system is built upon. Um, Adam, are you much the same? Do you think City have to sort of capitalise on last season make sure you know go go and lay another statement go and win a fourth Premier League title in a row go and win back-to-back Champions Leagues for the first time since Real Madrid and the first English team ever to do it or you, do you agree with Luke do you think we're maybe going to see another evolution I know you mentioned a couple of weeks ago that Guardiola's never stuck to the same system I'd be intrigued to see what could be coming next because you, you feel like he's he's used the playbook up already but um, what, what are you expecting from City? Well, I think as far as the change in system goes, I think what may influence that the most is Kovacic seeming to be the natural replacement for Gundogan because they are vastly different players. I mean, Kovacic, from what I heard and what I've seen, what little I've seen of, of the Arsenal game, sounded like he was stuck in there pretty well. Um, but, you know, he's not Ilkay Gundogan. And Ilkay Gundogan made that system last year tick. Um, so... I actually think that there is a chance that, at least in the first few weeks of the season, it may look a bit like the first few weeks of last season, that I think it could be a bit chaotic. And I think there could be some back-and-forth games because it feels almost as if we're missing that metronome in between Rodri and Erling Holland at the moment. You know, if, if Kevin De Bruyne is not starting the season um, and you're looking at a midfield of maybe Kovacic, Foden, and Rodri that is kind of maybe missing a bit of, of a metronome in there. Rodri is obviously one himself, but it could be a bit more direct and dynamic and, and back and forth. Um, but then again, like I said, with the variety of options and players that you have and, and the roles that those players can play, you could easily see City playing a really physical, slow, controlled game with a midfield of Kovacic, Phillips and Rodri and Stones also stepping in there to beef it up. And, you know, it, it could be a, a brick wall. Um, or you can, like I said, play a midfield of Foden and Kovacic kind of being let loose and, and Palmer on the wing or Bernardo on the wing. So th there's so many options that I think it's really, really difficult this season to predict how City are going to play. I think in years past, it's been very easy. You know, no Aguero. Phil Foden, Bernardo Silva, they're going to stick in there at false nine, something like that. It's really difficult to put your finger on it right now because there's no fullbacks in the team except for Kyle Walker. There's you know an abundance of center backs, and some of these center backs step into midfield, and some of the full, some of the fullbacks step into midfield. Some of the midfielders go out onto the wing, and I don't know. I can't. I genuinely can't even take a stab 
to figure out how they may play because what we all think may happen, it may be wildly different come Friday afternoon. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it is it is a little bit like that at the moment, isn't it? And I reckon if we listen back to this in a couple months' time, we'll realise how just incredibly wrong we were. We could very well see Kovacic play at right wing, or obviously an inverted right winger, um, given his ability on the ball to, to dribble past players. Well, we went into last season saying the new city is going to be balls in behind to Erling Holland, And it happened once <laughs> on the opening day against West Ham, and it literally never happened again for the remainder of the season. Um, Brighton at home, it happened once. So there's two. Yes, there was the ball over the top from Ederson. Yeah, but <laughs> Crazy. You know, we, we went into last season with what was what we thought was the most predictable picture of how City are going to play because mm-hmm. of this new big striker, and now we have this new you know a couple of big Croatian beefcakes, and you know it may it may seem predictable, but it's it's just not. It never is. Croatian beefcakes, Jesus. Um, uh, is that not then, their natu- their national dish? <laughs> <laughs> it is now um, quickly then Luke before before we break off and we speak about the competitors just a few words on some of the players in City's team and, and some of the players we expect to have good seasons some of the players we may expect to drop off um, Kevin De Bruyne obviously limped off in that game against Inter Milan in the Champions League final there were reports suggesting that we may even have to wait until October for him to come back he came on as a substitute against Arsenal and probably changed the game to all intents and purposes um I like I do often made a fool of myself because in the week I was telling people that I expect this season to be the season Kevin De Bruyne drops off and somebody like Phil Foden sort of Maybe comes into his comes away from his shadow and takes his position a little bit more, getting a bit more game time. That still may be the case. I don't expect Kevin De Bruyne to have one of those sort of massive thirty-eight game Premier League seasons where he touches that twenty assist record and he's sort of pushing on for a player of the year. I do expect his minutes to rotate a little bit. But do you think it's time perhaps that City's reliance on him? deteriorate somewhat and a Phil Foden or even new boy Kovacic or let's think Bernardo Silva, Julian Alvarez, they take up the mantle a little bit more because it felt like at the back end of last season, obviously he had the injury that we know about now, but that he was almost carrying the team on the back a little bit. And, and I don't know if that's sustainable going forward for this campaign. It isn't sustainable at all. I agree with you completely. I, I still think that he's going to be slightly not as important as he has been in previous years. But you also need to remember that with we're not gonna we're not talking about him dropping off to being like a five goal and no assist sort of player. Like if he if he only gets ten assists next season, that's still a drop off. And that is what we are expecting. He's not gonna play as much. He's I say he's getting old now. He's in football terms he is getting on on the senior side. Um but it's a case of we've got these really exciting football players that are playing with him. Like we've seen Foden do it. We saw glimpses of it when he was um, in the Champions League final, bursting through. Yes, he didn't finish it. Has he been working on it over summer? We don't really know. We barely, we've barely seen him yet. He could have been really working hard over the summer, over the summer break, um, and becoming that new man. Julian Alvarez. We watched him for a year. We watched him play f- about five different positions. He's been great in every single one. He could really stamp down and make one position his own this year. Mm. Um, there's a lot of unknown questions going on, but I feel like one of the certainties that is going to happen this season, in my opinion, is Kevin De Bruyne's influence is probably going to dwindle. That's not saying he's not going to have big moments. He's Kevin De Bruyne. He's going to score important goals. He's going to set up important goals. It's what he does. 
is world class. It's just how them players play. Um, so he's definitely going to have world class moments, but on the whole, I don't think he's going to have as strong a season as he has in previous years. Adam, do you do you think Phil Foden has it in him? Obviously, we know he's got it in him, but can he step into that role? Can he be the man in the centre of the park for City, who, like Kevin De Bruyne, has done for what the well, nearly the best part of a decade since he joined in 2015, really dominate midfields, create those opportunities for for opposition players, score the big goals. One of the uh, when when he was on yesterday's show, I said that I have a concern about Phil Foden's ability to finish. Does he have it in him to take it to the next step where we're talk- not only talking about him being one of the best prospects, we are genuinely speaking about him being one of the world's best players? He absolutely has it in him. Uh, we see it in flashes all the time and um, you know, you look at the turn on, on Partey in the Community Shield, the turn in the the Champions League final against Inter, and moments like that that, you're right, he probably has to work on his finishing a little bit. But I think he's really helped by, and obviously we said we can't really predict how Pep is going to play, but he is really helped by the fact that the back four in midfield is so solid behind him now. And, you know, a player like Phil Foden maybe can... In years past, we thought, oh, he's he's too direct and he's you know he's maybe too aggressive in midfield, and that's why he, Pep plays him out on the wing because he has the tendency to potentially lose the ball because he's trying too many things. But I think at this moment in time, it's a it's a good time to be a, an attacking midfielder in this city team and and try things and potentially lose the ball mm. because you've got Rodri, John Stones, Gavardial, Ake, Diaz, Laporte, Walker behind you. I know they all can't play together, but it feels like it sometimes. So. Um, I don't think necessarily the burden that he had on him in the past when he played in midfield will be there anymore. I think he will have a bit more of a, of a free role. And can he do it? Absolutely. I mean, we've seen whether it's in flashes or, you know, over a two or three week period, you look at the start of last season, he was absolutely ripping the Premier League to shreds up until um, up until his injury. So, yeah, he absolutely can do it. And, and if you and take this with a grain of salt, but if you just plugged him in tomorrow and said, no, Kevin De Bruyne for six months, my, I'm not necessarily going to bat an eye because I have full trust in in Phil Foden to step up and at least be 85% of what Kevin De Bruyne is right now. But l- let's not forget, he's still he's still young. Yeah, he is. He absolutely is. And I agree. Um, I'm, I'm hoping for that. Not that he needs it, but I, I feel like it would be such a shame if we look back on the career of Phil Foden and we don't speak about him being in the upper echelon of not only City legends, but just in terms of football itself. Because I'm do, do I dare say it now? I think he could be the best player to ever play for City, talent-wise, if he can capitalise on his potential. But there's still a couple more steps to go. And, and like you say, he's got time on his side. We weren't talking about David Silva at this age. We weren't speaking about Kevin De Bruyne at this age in those conversations. So it just goes to show. Um, stick around where you are. We'll be back after this quick break before we start speaking about some of the competitors who might challenge City. The NFL is here, and it's all about the sweet offers from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FIELDGOAL to sign up. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. 
With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Welcome back to the City Report podcast then on Tuesday. Um, we're going to now jump into City's challenges for the Premier League title. We're going to do it quickly. We're going to rattle through them. So uh, no dilly-dallying, boys, because we've got a little bit of fun to have at the end as well with some quick-fire questions. But, Luke, I'll, I'll start with you. Obviously, Arsenal were the, the, the team who pushed City closest last time around. They've... I'm not even going to say they beat City in the Community Shield because it was a 1-1 draw and they won on penalty. And as uh, Jordan Elgott, of, uh, journalist and of the 9320 podcast, put so perfectly, uh, he said, I can't wait to see the penalty shootout come to Arsenal's uh, aid in the uh, in the Premier League game, which I think summed it up fantastically. But, you know, a lot of talk about that mental block now being lifted, having got one over on Pep Guardiola and, and didn't Arteta let him know it. Um, do you see them being the closest competitors again? Do you see them sustaining the title challenge? Obviously, Champions League football now being added into the mix as well. It's a really interesting campaign, I think, for Arsenal. And um, obviously, they got off to the right start, but it'll be it'll be intriguing to see if they can keep it up. Yeah, I don't see them finishing top two. No way at all. I, I, I know who my top two are going to be this year, and Arsenal are not near them. I just don't think they've got the goals in that team. I think it's just as simple as that. I think there's just other teams out there that I think will score more goals than them. I Mm. understand that now a bit more solid defensively. They're going to control games a bit better. But again, squad depth. I mean, they brought in a few players, but Champions League comes around. It gets to dark, dark and dingy January. They've got four players out injured. Fabio Barrera's going to step in, is he? And he's going to score you 10 goals? (laughs) No, he's not. So yeah, I don't. I think they'll finish top four, but not top two. Interesting, interesting. Um, Adam, I said I said we're rattling through them. Um, we're we're going to spend minimal amount of time on this football club for obvious reasons. But Manchester United, decent first season under Ten Hag. It, it pains me to admit it. Probably a better first season than Guardiola had when he joined the league. Obviously, they won a cup and they finished top four. But there's now that pressure to perform on Ten Hag. They've spent quite a lot of money. We know money doesn't equate to success, nor should it. Smart recruitment, but probably not the deadly blow that they need to challenge for a title, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, I fully agree. I think they're going to lack goals probably when it matters. Um, I think it's probably going to be a similar campaign that they're going to have maybe a couple good cup runs um, and fight for top four and probably get in. And they're probably, you know, an Erling Holland away, but uh, they have Rasmus Hoyland, so they're about fifty percent of the way there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, we, we've got a uh, three of the top four already, which doesn't make good uh, good reading for the rest of the teams. Um, Luca, I, I want to give you Liverpool because they they've made the thing is with Liverpool. I, I said earlier in the in the transfer window after they made the signing of Alexis McAllister and um, Dominic. Sozbalai. There we go. Good effort. That was the word. Sozbalai, yeah. Um, But I I said it looked like they had the making of a Premier League winning team, but they haven't really pushed on from those two signings. Obviously, they're they're still pushing for Romeo Lavia, and I think that'll be a great pickup would they be able to make it. 
but I'm not sure he's ready to be a holding midfielder in a Premier League winning campaign, you know, playing 38 games. You've got the Europa League in there as well, cup competitions. I just don't think he's ready for that yet, which is another reason why City let him go. Champions League, again, probably the better target, but we're already running out of potential challenges for City. Surely it can't be this easy. Surely a Liverpool, surely an Arsenal have to be able to push City closer. I don't think it's going to be Liverpool. They're so open. I've watched a few of their pre-season games because a few of the work lads are big Liverpool fans. They're so open. They've got, they're playing Trent in midfield and not covering him. It's just so open. It's <laughs> so wasn't obvious. that what they were doing when he was at right back anyway? So exactly. <laughs> it's just so open. My bold prediction this year, I'm actually going to say it right now because I'm not on the episode where we're going about bold predictions. Jurgen Klopp's leaving this year. I'm certain of it. He's going to walk away. Certain of it. He's going to walk away. I feel like they're not going to finish top four. Yeah, he's going to walk. I don't think and he'll not, get And sacked. they're not finishing top four? Not finishing top four. I, at the start of a transfer window, they were my certain top four. It's changed every week. Now, mm. I, sixth maybe, fifth, sixth. I, I just don't see them being that solid at the back. They've just not addressed yeah. the problems. Yeah, I think, I, I do, I think I they're going to look like the 2017-18 the Liverpool that... Could win a game yeah. seven. They've got a shirt and tie and on and win. wearing shorts. Yeah. Like, what are they doing? Come on. <laughs> um, no, I, I again, I agree. That's what I said at the start of the transfer window. They started so well. I feel like, not obviously he's not going to sign Casemiro, but I feel like they're that mould of a player away from really being able to challenge. Interesting enough, I know they tried to sign Amrabat and he looks like he's heading to United, but he'd have, Sofi and Amrabat, that is from Fiorentina, he'd have probably been another a great signing, signing, wouldn't he? Yeah, you know, just great somebody signing. with a little bit of experience. I, I have doubts over Lavia's ability to do it at the moment. Obviously, he's still a teenager. Um, but in terms of unknown entities, Adam, Chelsea, this is another really interesting team. They've got a lot of players, not much identity. They've finally, albeit I, I, I love Graham Potter. I think he was a fantastic coach, just wasn't right for the Chelsea job. But they've got a good manager, an experienced, competent manager in charge. Being said, though, it could be another tough campaign for them in terms of trying to get back into top four. Are the better teams in and around them? Probably. Are they going to be able to challenge for a title? I don't even think they get off the starting blocks. I think the best... Well, the biggest advantage they have is the lack of any European football. Um, mm. I think, you know, that gives them time on the training ground. And I think Pochettino is a fantastic manager. I think <clears throat> I think it's fine to kind of consider his days at PSG irrelevant because every manager fails there, essentially. Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think they could... They could finish in tenth, and they could finish second. I think it's and and any, anywhere in between. I think they're just such a wild card. But I think Poch was a fantastic hire. You know, there's been some really good signings like Nkunku, and some signings that we just don't quite know what they're going to be like, like Diasi and and players like that. So, yeah, like I said, tenth or second, and neither one would surprise me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, maybe first would say, would would surprise me somewhat. Um, Luke, are there any any other teams we've not covered? Like I said, later on in the week, we'll do a, a broader Premier League predictions, and we'll we'll try and dig a little bit deeper and, and offer a little bit more information. But any teams in there? Newcastle, Tottenham, Villa, Brighton, perhaps that you think could be up there. 
Uh, I'd be shocked to see Newcastle in the top four end of the season, to be honest with you. Mm. I feel like Champions League football is going to really hamper them. Excited to watch Villa. Very excited to watch Villa. I really hope that they really push on this year and kind of push a few of the big boys down the league. That would be fun. Um, but yeah, we've already mentioned my top four. I think Chelsea are going to sneak in. I think Chelsea are going to be an unknown entity. And I reckon Mudrick could have an absolute breakout mm. year. He's 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 for me. I think he might win Young Player of the Year end of the season. Oh, again, wow. bold shout again. Yeah, you, you're racking him in. He's in my fantasy team anyway, so um, hoping for some big returns there. It, it leads us on nicely then to the final part of today's show, and, and I did promise some quick-fire questions, and we haven't really gained any sort of closer answer to who City's biggest competitor might be for the title. So I'll start with that one. Adam, you can take it. Luke, you're going to answer the same question, so make sure you've got an answer. Um, who is the most likely to challenge City for the Premier League title this season? Arsenal. Luke? Manchester United, I think by a distance. By a distance as well. Um, Easy question then. Where do you think City will finish in the Premier League, Adam? First. You said that reluctantly. You see, it's like you pained me to say it. You know, it's the Pep conundrum. Every year Mm. it feels like this is going to be a bit of a transition. They just won everything. Surely there's going to be a 2%, 3% drop, and there just never is. So, mm-hmm. you know, if it weren't Jesus Christ himself at the helm, I'd probably say second or third, but, you know, Jesus has taken the wheel. <laughs> Jesus, is that the wheel? Um, <laughs> that's an interesting <laughs> analogy. Um, Luke, where do you think City will finish in the Premier League? I thought I was going to come on here and be captain positive to Adam's Mr. Negative, but obviously not. <laughs> yeah, we're going to finish top of the league, and I think we're going to win it again. I can't Four in wait. a row. Four in a row. Here we go. Um, sticking with you then, Luke. Where? What will City do in the Champions League? Uh, knocked out in the quarters. In the quarters. Ooh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. So. I, I, and I think that's going to really help us win the league as well. I think we're going to get knocked out in the quarters and then go on an unreal run. Okay, Adam. Champions League. Lose in a final. Losing oh, a don't final. say that. I'll be there. It's at Wembley as well. Um, I'm going to say semi-final. I don't think we'll do back-to-back. I think that's just the impossible dream. But saying that, there's a chance with the shackles of having won first one. That I think we've said it a few times, Adam. You know, you win that first one, I you could the, go on yeah, and win four. I think the floodgates maybe have been opened a little mm. bit. Um, but it is, it's the Champions League. It's, you know, so much luck is involved, so... Yep, uh, we don't have to, we don't have to bang that drum anymore. We can we can uh, we can we can leave that. We can I think it's go still, with Arsenal. You know, yeah, absolutely. Um, Luke, Luke or Lukaku? Many... <laughs> <laughs> uh, City had a bit of both in Istanbul. Um, Luke, how many goals will Erling Haaland score this season? Twenty-five, because I think he might get injured in all competitions. Yeah. Oh Jesus, that's that's shocking return. Adam, how many goals will Haaland get? Uh he had fifty-two in all comps last season. I'm gonna say forty. Forty. I actually think he'll get over forty in the Premier League. I think he's I think he's gonna kick on. Obviously, barring injuries that may happen, and, and I do think you're right there, Luke. There is a possibility he got very lucky. Um or City got very lucky, I should say, last season, but I'm going to go 40 in the Premier League. I think he's going to break his own record. Who will get the most assists then, Adam? For City, this is. Phil Foden. 
Phil Foden. I agree, Luke. Bernardo. <laughs> you sound like the stadium announcer. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I apologise. Um, Bernardo Silva, interesting. Um, behind Erling Haaland, Luke, or if you don't think it's Haaland, say, who is most likely to finish with the most goals for City this season? My boy, Julian Alvarez. Julian Alvarez. Adam, any up in that? I was going to say Alvarez, but just to be interesting, I will say Phil Foden. Phil Foden. Phil Foden go for a most assists and second most goals campaign. Um, Player of the year for City. Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish. Jackie G. Um, Luke? I mean, I can't go there, so without talking about this man, Jonathan Stones. Jonathan Stones. Of it's going to be Erling Haaland, though, right? I know, yeah, I know. Like, I, I think, I think yeah. this is the question. If, if, are we if, now he st- in, if he stays fit, he'll be, be playing. If he doesn't stay fit, he won't territory? be. Like in the way that Messi and Ronaldo, <laughs> it didn't matter what they did. You yeah. just give it yeah. to them. Are we? When do we get to that? Or perhaps does the novelty does the novelty maybe wear off? If he, you know, say Luke's prediction comes true, he might have a couple more injuries. He only gets twenty five goals, or he only gets thirty goals. You know, is that seen as a sort of par campaign? Only twenty five goals. Imagine saying that fifteen. But if you say that, you say that, and Messi and Ronaldo would still win Ballon d'Or. So the novelty didn't wear off. Potentially, but. Maybe they were in a different stratosphere. I don't know. We'll have to wait yeah. and see. Um, final question then of the quickfire section before we wrap up for today. Luke, who will be City's most underrated player of the year? Uh, Rico Lewis. Rico Lewis again, um, yeah, having Rico. done it last season. That obviously, do you think he'll get as many minutes? Because I think for him to do that, he'll have to sort of maybe not double his amount of time on the pitch, but he'll definitely have to have an improvement. Do you think he's getting a bigger role in the team? I think so, yeah. He's he's minting it. Like, he's the most man, <laughs> most man thing ever I've said. But he is so, hey, he's so... He's from Glossop, so uh, just whoa, be careful. <laughs> I live here. I'm not born here. Let's be serious here, people. I'm from Greater Manchester. People are going to come and hunt me down now. and be like, what are you doing? Oh, I know. Right? Yeah, God, GDPR. Um, Adam, <laughs> most underrated player of the season for City? I'll say Manuel Akanji. Manuel Akanji, nice. Because um, I think he probably should have been in the running for player of the season last year. He was that good. Interesting. I'm going to go Edison. I think he's finished the season really strong. I think he's got his confidence back, and I reckon we'll start to see a little bit more of the quality that he can show. Um, I didn't get to mention my other shouts for the questions. Who will get the most assists? I'm going Foden. Erling Haaland goals. Like I said, 50. City doing the Champions League. What did I say? Semi-final, yeah. Most likely to challenge City for the title. United. City finishing the Premier League. Probably first, but I could easily see another team winning it just because of those levels are so hard to you know what I can't wait, Amos. I can't wait to see Angry Ginge just comment. He's going to clip me and you saying United and all you're going to hear just go, United, United, can't you? <laughs> I'm just tell already, 100%. <laughs> Who's Angry Ginge? Do you not know? Oh, you need to get on TikTok. Oh, no, he's don't, a, he's don't a, tell him. He's lucky to live he, in this world of naivety. He's, he's the only United fan who I think is relatively funny. Let's just say that. <laughs> right, well, there's a little bit of homework for everyone, including me. Um, Adam, that was plenty of fun. Like I said, I promised analytical. I promised uh, 
plenty of jovial feelings. We're ready for the new season. Look, I loved it. It was good. I feel like I'm geared up now. Yeah, I don't know how I feel. I think I always have a bit of apathy <laughs> this time of year. The most Adam Booker thing I've ever heard. Yeah. I don't know. We, like, to be honest, I, I, told, I, was, I said last year, what I want to do is I want to win the treble or I want to win the Champions League and I want to be relegated. And I kind of feel that. I'm just like, now what? Yeah, uh, yeah, I do you feel know? like there is. I, I reckon we're saying that now. I, I've said the same. I reckon yeah. we're saying it now. But come yeah. Friday, first game of the season, under the lights. What I what I desperately need and what I lack in preseason is seeing teams, players, and managers that I dislike um, mm. feel joy. So once I see mm. others feel joy that I don't think should be feeling joy, then I'll be roped back in. Yeah, I feel like there's a little bit of the case on Sunday with me after the Arsenal game. Um, Luke, a lot of love. I loved it. it we, we lived, we laughed, we loved. Um, we got them all in there. Get it on a T-shirt, my friend. We live, we laugh, we loved. What a, Man, Man City treble winners, live, laugh, love. Straight away. Zero um, sales. Yeah, that's the first merch. Drop. I'll, I'll, um, I'll make a promise right now, okay? Oh, here we go. Here we go. If I win the City Report FPL Classic League, I will get a Live, Laugh, Love tattoo with a, the badge somewhere in it. <laughs> I'm saying this, I'm pay, saying this right pay. now, live on the Whereabouts? national television. Whereabouts? It would probably be somewhere that's not visible because I do have a career, but I, um, it'll, it'll be like on there. Like a bum cheek. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> We'll have to crowd. We'll have to crowdfund it if we if we get that far. Um, right before this descends into absolute chaos, I'm going to call it a day. As always, like, follow, subscribe wherever you're listening to this show. City Report Pod on all social media platforms. We're back tomorrow with drum roll, please. Or not the John Stones? Uh, Ollie paint- here, mate. <laughs> my, my desk, my desk doesn't make noise like Ollie's. Like, what am I supposed to do? The John Stones paint trophy final between Joe and Adam. So make sure you tune in, in for that one. But until next time, we'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.